0: At Discount Tire, we
2: know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's
3: get you taken care of.
0: What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify meal time today with Tavala. Go to tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala Smart Oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T O V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com.
4: Welcome back to A Celtic State of Mind. You're not in a time warp. Uh, J.P. Mason is not going to be joining us. It is Tuesday, believe me. It's double trouble. Um, bit of a strange mix-up, but here we are. It's myself, Declan McConville, Paul John Dykes. This is the first time I've hosted a show, Paul. And you've been on. How are we doing?
3: I'm good. I was, uh, you know, after the weekend, I wasn't too put off. I wasn't too disappointed. It would have been great, obviously, to, to get the win, Declan, but... I wasn't overreacting after the game on Sunday. As I was saying yesterday, we're delaying the party for a week.
4: Yeah, we're delaying the party for a week. I think the inevitable's coming. It's just about getting over the finish line. Um, this season has been a marathon. It's not been a sprint. Rangers, I think, that the pressure was on them to come and try and cut that gap on Sunday. They they didn't do that. They had a lot of chances in the game. We'll get onto that. Takala probably but looking at it and they should have had more than one goal, but um yeah they came they didn't get over we were six points clear with three games to go and it looks as if the title was practically in the bag um, I, I can't see any slip ups from Celtic and the goal difference is just you know too high um, for Rangers to kick up to that but you know since you were on Paul there's been a lot of news um, you can see that from our tagline today we've got reports that's worried about Jota we'll come on to that um, there's been the chat you know, I think been round social media, especially about Rio Hitati just since he's came in. Um, he's played a lot of football, but we've obviously seen his comments from a Japanese media outlet talking about, you know, adapting to Scotland, um, about it, you know, taking a toll on him mentally. And of course, the Mark Lowell has been announced as Celtic's new head of recruitment, and um, but we'll get on to that. Um but, you know, firstly I think it's good to start with Jota. It was positive news to start this morning. Um, it's been reported by Portuguese media it's been picked up by, by Scottish media. Um, I think a lot of people though, were a bit worried, Paul, that there'd been maybe a loss in translation, um, mm-hmm. but it looks as if Jota might just be on his way to Celtic in a permanent move now. Well, see the
3: thing, Declan, with Celtic, supporting Celtic, there's always a niggle in the back of your mind that the things that you know will be best for the club don't always happen, and, and particularly with transfers and getting the transfers done and getting them done early enough and knowing yourself that Jota and Cameron Cattervick are stick-on um, successes already. All you need to do is make it permanent. And the the big question over the last few months has been, which one would you take of the two? Um, and I've, I've been greedy because I want the both of them to sign. And then you start hear, hear, hearing rumblings. I know that, Declan, you've got a lot of people that um, uh, get uh, information, different sources, etc. And I'm always reluctant to speak about that on the podcast, I'll, I'll fire it into the WhatsApp group. But it's easy to look as though you've been given information and it all comes crashing down. And I'm glad I didn't because what I'd been hearing is that Carter Vickers was the one that we were close to signing and Jota. Uh, there was a huge doubt around Jota, So when I saw that this morning, I was delighted. And I think that to get him and Carter Vickers over the line, Declan, and then you start looking at the thing, um, where else do we need to strengthen is it conceivable that we'll bring six players in in the summer? Why not? Um, I think there's a lot of work to be done in getting bodies out the door as well. But if we get the, those two plus four others in, I think there'll be a, a sense of confidence. Not overconfidence, but there'll be a sense of confidence going into the Champions League, going into next season, going into the domestic campaign. And why not? Why not get the, the, the business done? And I know this links into the, the other arrival with uh, Peter Lowell's son. Coming to the club But yeah Delighted with Joe. I think he's done enough Yeah there's been wee dips In that Declan But man of the match At the weekend And he's proved that he can play Against Rangers
4: Yeah Got his goal at the weekend Took it very nicely Again it was almost Kind of a model finish To the Abada goal In the 3-0 game Barisic is caught sleeping And just catches him At the wrong side You see Barisic once again He's not as dramatic this team can do with the hands and the head but um took it looks like really nice and again you know a good performance about those County it links up really well with Kyogo for the hashy. it's again a partnership that we've seen flashes of this season and not too much of because of Kyogo's injury. But I think again Paul what you were saying there leads into you know the the wider debate around yeah possibly you know the semi-final and the game there at, at Celtic Park once you just got a goal back we looked at the, the team that maybe had played the first evening football um, and not the team that had had a you know a full week's training, but I think Rangers and Celtic going into next season, whatever position both clubs are in, um, will be very different. Their squads will be very different. Mm-hmm. I don't think what Rangers have at their disposal just now, as a Giovanni Van Bronckhorst team, and I don't think Ange Postecoglou is anywhere near um, has finished Celtic article yet. So as you say, you know whether it's these two kickers off and it ends up six signings or whatever else, it's it's exciting just to because. The point that we're at just now, from those days that you know we were on the pod last season, looking towards who was going to be our manager, you know, mm. so many issues at the club. It's exciting just now, and it's you know, without those qualifiers in the summer, it's also a bit weird because I think it's going to be the, the first time since so Gordon Strachan qualified to, for the Champions League that we're actually going to have no qualifiers in the summer months.
3: It's incredible when you when you say that because, for example, Callum McGregor's never been on a Celtic side. That didn't have to qualify, you know, and it seems as though he's been in the side for, for forever. I think that the point you make there about the, the the strength of the two sides is a good one, right? And you've got to get over the fact, I mean, we are you know, Celtic-minded, we're a Celtic state of mind, we don't focus too much on anybody else, but when you're talking about your opposition, you've got to talk about them, and when you're talking about your challenges, you've, you've got to focus on them to a degree. And I know that You've got these uh, mantras, to look after your own backyard, and I'm sure Celtic will. But what we're doing in the summer, Declan, compared to what Rangers are doing, is we're going to be strengthening. And anybody that leaves the club, you know, there's nobody. Last season was different. We, we knew that we were going to lose Alexei Edward, Ayer, Christie. We were going to be losing the loanees, which included um, El Yunusi, which I thought he was an asset. So you're losing four Decent players Who are first team players mm-hmm. This time around That's not the case So we will be offloading players But they're fringe players They're not Contributing to the first team they might, have, they might have been Expensive acquisitions When they came in But you know If they leave Nobody will notice Because they're not even On the bench The vast majority of them But if you then look at Our main challengers And Rangers They've got three Of their star players Coming at the last year Of their contract So they'll either be Looking to Run down the contract Lose them for nothing or cashing in. So that there is the potential that big, big players for Rangers will be leaving. That won't be the case at Celtic. So we're going to come out that window a lot stronger.
4: Yeah, and again, I think even if there's guys like Tommy Rodjick who you know, it looked as if he was possibly on the brink of leaving Celtic a couple of seasons ago... Um, people have became settled and again. The, the, the strength of Ange Posto Coglu, getting players like Cameron Carter-Vickers, who's been one of those guys that's been around the block with loan moves, Jota and a permanent, just shows that people are happy playing their football at Celtic, which, to the contrary, might be a bit different from our nearest challengers, just due to the fact you know a lot of the guys that are at the core of that team um, that, that won the league last season came to Rangers for a purpose under Stephen Gerrard. He's no longer the manager. The purpose that they went there has been served. Both clubs are in very different directions. Um and again a lot of probably what Rangers have at their the exposure in the summer is gonna come from how well they do in the Europa League, um which is is not done yet. But um just to kinda of touch on this gets in the comments, yep. Happy Albert Kidd Day. Um I have got my, my Love City eighty six top one. A few people have picked up on that night the comments. One of the
3: greatest one of the greatest tops in Celtics yep. history that.
4: Yeah, I think it is Celtic's you know, probably our best away top. And I know that the top last year, I think it never really got justice at Ling Green Kit that we had last year, because um, a poor Celtic team playing it. But it was a, a decent remake. It um, was. But uh, yeah, happy happy Albert Kid Day. Um, I, I don't think my dad can believe how long ago that game was. He was there. Um, but yeah, happy Albert Kid Day. And a big Celtic to...
3: man, Albert Kid, as well, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, remember the the anniversary let me just do my maths here it was the 30th anniversary wasn't it and um, he was there he was there with the Celtic team and I I just thought that was remarkable I think he's based in Australia and um, aye magic how these people write themselves into Celtic history having never played for the club
4: yeah, and I also saw you know, people making their 11 from that team and he who shall not be named was dropped out of the team for, for kid up top and that kind of dark blue blue jersey instead of he who <laughs> shall not be named to By the way, on the end of a cracking goal that day when a Celtic Yanks one of the finest Celtic goals you'll ever watch, that, that passing move. Just a pity who's at the end of the goal. It, it,
3: it was a great move, aye. Well, it was a great move. The finish, Brian McClare doesn't talk about the finish neither does Danny McGrain, but it was a great move, Declan, nonetheless.
4: Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the best stories I've heard about that day was from, from Frank McGarvey, who was obviously in the opposition team who played with a lot of the lads at Celtic, you know, played with Danny for years, Peter Grant, etc. But uh, I think Jim Stewart was in goals for St Mon that day and was a late addition to the St Mon team. The the goalkeeper that was meant to be in goals for St Mon, I think he pulled up short in the warm-up and uh, Jim Stewart got bunged in, but a lot of folk don't know that Frank said that, that Jim was... You know, the director's Bob scoffing his Selby pies and ended up being sick in the, the toilet before the game kicked off. So all this stuff from Craig Levine, you know, that's at Murn through the towel and all that. It's absolute nonsense. I think there was more just fans in that St Mun team than there was Celtic fans. And then we, we thoroughly deserved the, the, the victory. Listen, that, that was that a good team.
3: Day. That was a good St Mirren team. People need to realise because, you know, the following year they won the Scottish Cup and guys like Paul Lambert, Uh, were part of the 87 team Ian Ferguson Campbell Money Stevie Clark Frank McGarvey decent decent side Kenny McDill. so it's all about revisionism Declan saying that it was chucked because Celtic were astonishing that day and deserving of the
4: victory yeah they were, they were, eh, there's that victory, and a lot of folk are getting in, in the comments, to tell us they were there, Um my old man, once when he's claimed to fame as well, that he was at Love Street that day, so, there we go, a wee trip down memory lane, um, I couldn't resist wearing the jersey for that day, one go final thing,
3: current. sorry, I'm jumping no, in,
4: sorry, right. I, I spotted Matt
3: McGlone, in pictures, of that day, on the park, taking pictures, so, somewhere, in Matt's collection are brilliant unseen Love Street pictures because he was a photographer on the day, wasn't he?
4: Yeah, that's right. I think he was actually in the dressing room after the game too. And um, yeah, so it's a lot to a lot to go in for that game. And again, as you say, Paul, not a bad Celtic team. A Celtic team that actually probably could have went around a couple of years previous in Europe had it not been for, for Rapid Vienna. But um, yeah, David, he's Celtic. Not a bad side at all. But back right to current matters. Um, we've, we've, Spoken there about, about Jota in the permanent. It looks as if Cameron Carter-Vickers. You know, I think if we get Jota over the line, it goal all about that Vickers is probably going to sign in the permanent too. One of the guys that we did add and in, um, in January was of course Rio Hitati. He's played a stand role since he came in, cracking goal at timecast. obviously our opposition this weekend is going to be Hearts. So it'll be the first time I've have played them since that evening. Got his brace and then the the, the Glasgow derby game at the beginning of February. But I think a lot of people, Paul, were surprised to see him feature up in Dingwall um, at the weekend past, you know, after these comments in the uh, with Japanese media. And then at the weekend, again, I think a lot of Celtic fans were maybe looking at him as if maybe just running out a bit of steam. What, what's your thoughts on this one? Is it time for him to give an a rest Or, you know, again, is it just putting your trust in Angie? Watches him every day at Lennox Town and knows if they're there, they?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think... The comments that Alan Morrison made a few weeks ago were very interesting because he's obviously had a right good look at uh, Hatati's career prior to coming to Celtic. And he speaks about a guy who you look at and you think, well, you know, you look at his age, 24 years of age. This is someone that had only played 77 games uh, prior to coming to the club. Uh, And when you consider the amount of games Celtic play, he's not really used to it. Declan and then you add on to the, the fact that he didn't have the pre-season um, which has been much discussed and I think it just comes down to fatigue um, add to that the regime under Ange which has been well discussed in terms of the, the high tempo training and I reckon we're in a situation where the boy just needs a rest I mean obviously he's not been at his best as a result of that I remember the, the discussions even before the St. Johnson game Declan he opens the scoring um, but before that game some eyebrows were raised at uh, his inclusion because he was off the boil and I think in order to get back to the the Hatate that we've seen when he first burst onto the scene we need to rest them. and the thing is we've got options we, we certainly could rest them. the question would be who do we bring in?
4: Yeah um, one that I think is you know, one of the glaring ones for me and I think a lot of Celtic fans he's almost a forgotten man is Yusuke Adaguchi I've spoken about him on here a good few times I, I don't think Ange Postecoglou. Koglu Signed uh, at the Gucci for no purpose in January it was part of the, the four players that came in, as well as Matt O'Reilly, in and Maeda, uh, Rio Hatate, and Yusuke. The we saw him feature against Tips when we came back. Um, obviously, went off against Dalawa, and I've not really seen too much of him since. Do you think he could be a guy we might end up seeing possibly feature before the end of the season?
3: I remember when you know in January we we brought the three players in from Japan, and uh, we were involved with the press conference as well. We're then looking at, um, you know, the experts of Japanese football, like Dan Orwitz, who's been on the show a couple of times. And he was a player who was really highly regarded. And, you know, we've, we've not seen enough of him. And you think, again, it comes down to the fact that I'm just seen him at training every day. But, you know, I, I've seen a few comments in the last few days talking and, you know, writing him off. And I think, well, how on earth can you write him off? He's not he's never played. I get that with, with James McCarthy, Um much to my annoyance, because I, I, when we signed him, I thought he'd have done a job for us this season, Declan, and I said that in the early days. But yet yet yeah, we've not seen him enough of him. We can't write him off. It could well be that he's won for next season. He might not get up to the pace because of the injury. Um, but some of the other options we've got, you know, we've got David Turnbull. Mm -hmm. young player of the year last last season i know he's a different type of player
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of Ookla Speed Test Intelligence data, Q3 2022, and Cox serviceable areas. Visit slash internet for details.
5: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all, every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
3: Uh, to Rio Atate it might mean that Callum McGregor has to change his style in, in the last three games um, and, and then of course you've got Nair Beaton and I think they're they're probably the two main uh, players that would they're, they're the candidates that would come in and replace Atate should he be rested but Gucci, I'm looking forward to seeing more of him I've got to say will he get a run out if we, if we wrap it up with a couple of games to spare hopefully
4: yeah, I'd, I'd like to see a wee bit more of him because it is you know, as I say, I, I don't think we, we, we purchased him in January, um, like we have done in recent years, just as one of those kind of project signings. I, mean, I definitely think he was an Andrew buying and an Andrew Pick, so it'll be interesting to see what but he's like but again, you know, Ian's came in here in the comments to say that he thinks that Turnbull is definitely due a game. I think we actually forget about how key and important player David Turnbull was right up until that League Cup final, Paul. I mean he played the most minutes under Andrew Post the um, he chipped in with his goals. Um, I think it was a hatchet against St the Myrne they got in those early games. Remember the, the two back-to-back Celtic part victories and the 6-0 games against St Myrne and Dundee. He was a very important player for us isn't it, at the start of the season. He's almost, I think, just that injury set him back. So I, I, I I'd probably say Turnbull would be the guy that'd come in just to keep McGregor where he is because, you know, I've been one of those ones that have been proven wrong with thinking that Calum could to be moved forward. Um, but again, i still be a Celtic fan's or more old school Celtic fans that think that we need a kind of a hard man if you will in that midfield but I think Callum McGregor does a very good job in there and do that kind of modern I don't know what you call it maybe a kind of peer role, roller just picking the ball up and spraying it about what's your See, thoughts on that one?
3: I've seen a lot of comments like that after the game on Sunday um, as if we had been bullied not only at Celtic Park but at Hamden. And a lot of calls for getting in this midfield enforcer. People were saying, you know, we're, we're missing Scott Brown. I even seen a few comments saying we need to bring back Victor Wanyama. Um, Wanyama's in that category, Declan, with Paddy Roberts and Fraser Foster and various mm. other ex-players who are always mentioned. But you know, I look at this holding midfield uh, role, and I, I'm not sure how many games we need to deploy that domestically. Um, I think, albeit he's out at the moment, Juranovic. Um, you know, when we need somebody to be sitting in there, you often find him sitting in that role and he's obviously playing in, in the right-back position. So if we were to bring in Turnbull, particularly when Rogic doesn't seem to be an automatic choice at the moment and O'Reilly is a slightly different option to, to Rogic, I don't think it would be a massive issue. And like you were saying there, you know, in time people start saying, oh, well, maybe he's not suited to Andy's Still. maybe he's not defensively minded enough, doesn't work back enough. Ange picked him every single week, every mm-hmm. game, David Turnbull started. And it was only the injury in the cup final that, that prevented him from playing since. Um, we haven't seen enough of him, I don't think. So whether or not he'll get a start or do we go to the experience of Beaton, probably uh, we'll go for the safety of, of Beaton before Turnbull. But I'd much rather see Turnbull start.
4: Yeah, I'd like to see Tumble. You know, we've got a lot of options in there. I think it's good that you've competition in there. To me, that isn't an area of the side. You know, what we touched on, Paul, at this, this top of the show. That I think in, in the summer months, you know, a lot of people will be talking about this ball-winning midfielder. But you know, I don't think it's our biggest concern to get that in, in the summer. I think we've got enough in midfield. We've got enough options in there. Um, that there's plenty of other positions I'd rather look at before looking at the, the, the midfield because to me there's plenty of options in there Um and it'll be interesting to see also I think Ned Beton might be one of those guys with a contract that's going to be up quite shortly I think it's maybe next summer that might be up Um, I would imagine he'll be another one that might get renewed but we'll see but there's plenty of options in there in midfield but we'll, we'll see who you know whether it will be rotation in there whether it'll be Turnbull in whether it'll be Beton in um, it's not the worst headache to have in the world between Ned no. and David Turnbull either um, so we'll, we'll see about that um, you're right
3: about you're right about Beton's contract. Um, he's one of the guys who's going to be entering the last year of his his deal, along with Tommy Rogic, Chris Julian, and James Forrest. So there, mm. there's a few decisions to be made there. And to be honest, the one and we're running a poll about this actually in the, the YouTube um, comments Declan, The one that I would I wouldn't lose any sleep over losing at this moment in time is Chris Julian, uh, mm. but I would retain the other three.
4: Yeah, I can understand it. Um, He's probably the one that I would rather lose out of all of them. I don't know what's really been on in the background there. Um, You know, it's a long time to be injured and a a long time, you know, not to even be be put into that side Not that that Starfield or Vickers would be, you know, easily dropped out of the side. But we saw a cameo cup appearance on Chris Julian. He's not played a lot of football. Um, Again, he'll be one of those big earners, and I don't think he'll probably be wanting to take a wage cut. Um, and they probably want first team football you don't be out for that long and not want to get back playing I don't think Celtic's going to give them that football it doesn't for me walk into the defence if it's Staffel and Vickers um, so we'll see and again those wages could probably go somewhere a bit better um, and again I think for the other guys maybe James e. Forrest near Beaton it might be a look at you know, a cut deal wages that maybe they would take especially James Forrest I don't think James will be looking for anything over and above probably but his own. I think he'd be one of those guys that'd lately be happy to take the, the cut price and the wage. So we'll see about that. I think that, again, is interesting, and it's about when Celtic cash in and these guys. Mm. Julian, you, you wouldn't want to run it down. You know, he costs us £7 million quid. You certainly want to recoup something back on You're not going to get anywhere near £7 million pounds for them, but you'll certainly want to get something back for them.
3: Well, two things you, you you raised there. um, Like the sell-on... Fees for the likes of Julian And you'd probably throw in Soro, Adjeti, uh, Barca, And Bollongoli into that mix as well So there's five players we've spent a hell of a lot of money on And you ask yourself Because a lot of the time you never actually get the fee When the club don't want to um, Admit that they've made a, la- a massive Loss on a player And it got your undisclosed fee But it could be something in the region of a million quid 750 grand Uh, But I was thinking about this over the weekend, those five players particularly, and then there's loads of debates about the likes of Dembele and and James McCarthy and others. But for those five players to get off the wage bill for a kick-off would be a good thing because they're not contributing. Um, But also, even if you were just to get that nominal fee, a million quid, Declan, for for five players, you're taking the hit, but you can reinvest the £5 million elsewhere. The point on um, Beton, Forrest and Rogic is that part of their final contract could be a testimonial. Bizarrely Mm. enough, um, you know we know that Forrest is in his 13th season, but Rogic is in his 10th and Beton's in his 9th. So if you offer them two or three years, you could build a testimonial into that deal as well. Um, And we could have another three testimonial games at Celtic Park.
4: Yeah, I think that'd be quite a nice wee payday out for all of them. I don't think it'll be anywhere near... Um, the old testimonials that we used to do, I remember reading Danny McGrain's book and I think he had to pay for the floodlights the police and whatever else back in the days under the Kelly board. So I don't think that's the case nowadays. Um, I'm trying to think with, with Scott Brown and it John Kennedy was our last two testimonial games at Celtic Park.
3: Yeah, because there was a kind of thought for a while there that Brown would have been the, you know, the last for a long time. But mm-hmm. we, we now have the three that we've mentioned and uh, not far behind them. As Callum McGregor I mean he's playing in his 8th season at Celtic so I know 10 years is kind of the cut off but it goes into that last contract you know we went through a period Declan where you know I think back to the 80s with Roy Aiken, Danny McGrain, Tommy Burns you know into the 90s with Pat Bonner Paul McStay Peter Grant and there was always that kind of like um, 3 or 4 players who had been there for a decade or longer but you know it's incredible that we've still got that core group of players that have been here for that length of time
4: yeah, it is quite incredible, especially in the modern age of football. You don't see a lot of testimonials. It would be interesting to even see if they would club some of them together because maybe for some of those guys, um, I'd certainly be quite happy to go along with all three of them. But I think for some, there's a kind of divide in some opinions in the Celtic support. So I think if you maybe stick them all together, you might get a better opposition and you might get a better turnout in terms of the crowd. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But I think that's a good point, Paul, that you make there that um, that could be built into the contract and whether you know whether that would mean that the guys would be quite happy maybe to take a cut, um, we shall see. Rogic week would only one out of those guys who so wouldn't be happy mm. to take a wage cut. And I think with the way he's played this season and under or whatever else, he probably wouldn't be the guy that'd be asking for the wage cut because of the freedom, you'd probably see he's a the, the, the man that would make the first team a lot more. Um, but, you know, Forrest is an interesting one that I put a tweet out last week, I think, at this point in time. He is Celtic's third or fourth most successful. I think he's fourth most successful, but I think with another year under his belt he might just catch Scott Brown. Um yeah, I think that's right. Fourth most successful player at this point time. Um, so it goes Bobby Lennox, Billy McNeil, Scott Brown, James Forrest. One club man so far in his career, um and whether he would be quite happy just to, you know, take that accolade and, you know, sit there for whether it be a year extension or whatever, take the testimony and chuck it after that. We don't, know. don't know where James Forrest is at, but it's
3: really interesting that it is because uh, you can't underestimate that that level of um, experience, especially when you consider the amount of experience that we lost uh, over the last season. You know, and I'm thinking of people, not just players, but you know, we, we lost three heads of department, and it was as if we were a rudderless ship moving into this season. You don't want to repeat that, you always want to have that core. And and when you look at James Forrest, 30 years of age, the last two seasons have been hindered by injury. But, like you say, you know, one of the most decorated players in the history of the club. You look at the the games that he's played for Celtic, he isn't far off joining that illustrious group of players who have played 500 or more games for the club. Um, You know, he's 58 games away. That that's a Carlin McGregor season away from hitting five hundred appearances, ninety seven goals, ninety seven assists. Um I wouldn't be too hasty on Forrest. I, I would be looking at uh, not just the last two seasons, I'd be looking at the, the whole picture when it comes to James And I'd certainly be keeping him at the club.
4: Yeah, I think there's you know, there's going to be one that divides opinion on this. I know Patrick's one that, that thinks that his time is up, it's Celtic. take Um, I think for me, I'd probably give him the year extension, see what happens and how it goes. I certainly wouldn't be doing that in anywhere near the wages he's probably on at this moment in time. But again, it's a good headache to have. And it's an area, I think, Paul, you know, we've touched on Jota at the start of the show. It's an area of our team, I think we'd like to see a bit of depth in, you know, apart from... Yeah. uh, But we've got Jota, who we hope does come in. Maeda um, was an option to buy, so it's likely... You know, it's all but done he'll be a Celtic player permanently next season and obviously we've got young Abada who's only 20 years old so I think that's also an area of the team obviously we've got the likes of Forrest Johnson Karamokot, and Bailey. all in there is players that can play out in the wing um, but I, I don't know where their future's at either at the club so to me that'd be an area of uh, the park that I would like us to strengthen in um, Abada's had an incredible season thoroughly deserved that young player of the year accolade that he won at the weekend um, but you know, at twenty years of age, you can't be too dependent on him. I think that's something that we all need to. I think we forget that. You know that Abad is only twenty years old, and um, you know I've seen as the link with Solback in, what what a player that would be to get in. But again, you know, does it mean that if Jota comes in that the the, the backing link is completely done? Um, what's your thoughts on that? Celtic date for wingers? just now.
3: I think um, it, it's a, a position particularly on the left, uh, that we've struggled. We really have struggled. And I know I was a fan of El know and I would have kept him because I, I think he would have suited Angie's um, game plan. But on the left-hand side, th- there has been a dearth. And I think when Jota was injured, we've seen that. We've seen that because Mikey Forrest... Uh, Mikey Forrest, that's just a, you know, a combination of the both. Mikey Johnson wasn't up to scratch, uh, and then we discovered that Maeda is very effective out on the left-hand side, which has been great. And the fact that they can switch between the wings uh, is massive as well. But when I, I go to the right-hand side, I often wonder how much Alil Abada's, uh first-season success is down to the fact that, you know, he does have a tutor there, doesn't he? He has James Forrest. How much work's getting done on the training ground uh, with Forrest's experience? And um, that kind of thing goes unnoticed. Uh, a lot of the time as well, Declan, and I think Abada. You know, if if he'd been a player coming in at nineteen from the academy, you know, would have been raving about him. And I'm not saying we're taking him for granted. And he, his form's been patchy, but that's you know that's to be expected at twenty year old. You think to yourself, these guys going into next season, um, properly bedded in with a full pre-season having a hopefully a successful season uh, in their locker. And I just think there's a, a galvanisation of the team. Because they're winners together, I, I always go back to that comment that Rogic made. You know, we've been at the top for a decade, but the team that that started on Sunday haven't. You know, as a team, and and to win that first title, Declan's massive, because you know you go into the next the next campaign and you're a different beast entirely. You then strengthen it, um, and I, I guess the big question would be which areas do you strengthen? Because we've got we've got like five goalkeepers. You know, and how many of them would you be confident with between the sticks? One at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, don't want to be harsh on Ulubayemi because he's a young kid with huge potential coming through. But the rest of them, Duhan, uh, Scott Bain, Conor Hazard, you know, are, they got, are they actually going to be a Celtic goalkeeper? Not for me. So it then, the backass, uh, the forgotten man, I, I forgot yeah. to even mention him. Uh, so I've got six goalies. And if you get rid of four of them, you're going to have to bring in another one. You know, so uh, right back, I think Ralston's great backup. Left back, I think we could be in a position where Taylor's great backup. I think we could mm. maybe up the ante and bring in another left back. Centre half, Welsh is good backup. Julian at the moment isn't, so we need another centre half. And if you start working through your team like that to really strengthen it, um, you ask yourself the question, what do we do with the wingers? Is James Forrest with 18-19 appearances a season a worthy backup? there is a question mark, so I understand the dilemma, uh, but I think he offers a lot off off the park as well. And, you know, Patrick comes in with a good point, over-sentimentality, you can get that with players, um, but, you know, I just don't think you can tear it up too soon when it comes to experience.
4: No, I think that's a, a fair point on it, and again, I think, you know, one of the points you touched on there, Paul, is, yeah. It have been lovely to win the game at the weekend, but this Celtic group, you know, there's, there's a lot in there. I know obviously there's been guys like Joe Hart that's been down in England and won the, the, the title with City. Um, guys like Carl McGregor, Beaton, Forrest have all been there and done it with Celtic. But this is a, a new group of players and, you know, it can be very difficult at the end to just get it, you know, wrapped up and sealed and done. Once you do get it in the bag and move forward next season,
5: Not just a media company. iHeart Media is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
4: You become a completely different outfit with the, the riches of the Champions League, um, which was again confirmed yesterday. I forgot to mention that earlier. Obviously, with Russia, not going to have any teams in the, the Champions League. It means that, that Celtic are definitely going to win the competition. We don't need to worry about Liverpool vs Real. Although, um, you know, I think that ties probably all but done. Um, From the the first leg at Anfield Don't need to worry about that Um, So we're going to be there Um, Also you know One of the ones I thought was really really interesting Is Hearts are definitely going to have group stage European football next season Mm. No matter what They go straight into the Europa League Playoff round And obviously if they don't win that They'll go straight into the Conference League So that'll be also interesting There's two Scottish teams guaranteed at this point in time um, Group stage European football um, so, again, really, really into it to see what happens there. But, you know, as you say, Paul, working through the team, it's about looking at players in different positions and saying, is there somebody probably challenging them in that position at this point in time in the goalkeeping position? You know, Toby Oliver, Yemi, we've heard a lot about him. Is he going to challenge Joe Hart? Probably not um, at this point in time. The other guy, Scott Bain, I think is probably quite happy just being the backup, etc. Ralston and Taylor to me are probably very similar players. And again, I remember until Taylor got that contract extension, people were asking questions, you know, about it. But there wasn't the kind of same outcry towards Tony Nelson. I think both do a job. Mm-hmm. Um, not to be disrespectful to both, you know, they're well suited to the system. Both can play that inverted full back role, um, and it's varying against which opposition you do. But you play against. But it's maybe looking towards Champions League, maybe. You know, and to run through this probably a good point in time to look at it um, as it stands the pots for the Champions League um, no pot three for Celtic this time we're back in pot four but as it stands you know in pot one you've got teams like Manchester City be Leipzig Bayern München Real Madrid AC Milan Paris Saint-Germain Porto and Ajax in pot one pot two Liverpool Chelsea Barcelona Juventus Atletico, Madrid Sevilla Arsenal Borussia Dortmund Pop three, RB Salzburg, Shakhtar Donetsk, Inter Milan, Napoli, Benfica, Sporting Lisbon, Dinamo Zagreb, Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, you know, it's great being back at the the top table, but um, yeah, it's not going to be easy, and you don't want to be going in there, you know, when you're beat on at centre half again, which I hope isn't just a Celtic thing that we do. Um I was a betting man, I would maybe stick beat on uh, down to play at centre half in that first game, because it just seems to be a Celtic thing to do, but you certainly want to be strained for them.
3: If you're going to be facing in at that opposition, you do. When I look at that, there's obviously uh, an embarrassment of riches in most of these pots. And you ask yourself, right, what kind of draw do you look for as a Celtic fan? I know you do a lot of the away days, so you're maybe looking at places you've never visited. Um, I look at how the hell do we get through? You know, so even though I maybe would enjoy uh, Bayern München, I liked how you gave it the Alan McAnally pronunciation. Oh, yeah. you know? That's what he calls <laughs> it. Um, I, I look at, right, who's the weakest? That's a tough ask for Pot One. But that, that's what I look at. I look at how can we progress through this? And um, it's tough. It really is tough. But this is what we want. You know, and it isn't just about the money. As soon as you talk about Champions League, it's, you know, you have access to this £40 million bounty, that's the first thing uh, that anybody speaks about, but it is the prestige of what Andrew was talking about last week, we've got that trophy in our cabinet and we're one of very few clubs who do, and the game's changed dramatically since Celtic won it and we're a European force in the 60s and 70s, but you do want to compete and you want to be up there and you know, yeah, we'll go into most of these games as underdogs, Declan, but Celtic Park, the atmosphere. There, there is a, a magical element there. I, I certainly believe that. You're talking about Love Street. You're wearing your Love Street jersey. Uh, you go into these games and you just think because it's Celtic, anything's possible. Um, so yeah, it's going to be tough, no matter who comes out of there. Some really, really tasty draws, but anything, anything can happen. I, I would love to. I'd love to get an English club. So probably Liverpool. Uh, I mm. think out of Port 2 would be nice um, Port 1 oh, we've done Man City haven't we by a minute actually we would due a win we're due a, a victory over them so I maybe them um, but yeah that's the way I look at it and and maybe in Port 3 we'll take Benfica so that Jota can torment his his old club hopefully
4: yeah that would be too bad you know I think one for Celtic fans that stands out and we've not played them since 1980 Real Madrid um, yeah. I think we're due a turnover them you know George McCuskey definitely may be wanting some revenge over them. So Madrid, maybe with the the, the glamour tie, then maybe give us a kind of... You know, there's not even a, a case of the weird teams at this point in time. I mean, you look at Port 2 and you've got Liverpool, Barcelona, U. Atletico, um, maybe something like Arsenal, you know. it's be a tasty, tasty game. But again, it's just all about... You, you might look at this with a different... Um, Set of eyes when you know you've maybe got a squad where you're adding to it. You know, if you get CCV and Jotun and the permanent and whoever else arrives, you know, you get to a point. I mean, last in the, the group stages of the Europa League, we certainly gave some teams a really good uh, time. And obviously, Batiste went yeah. on to win Copa del Rey a couple of weeks ago, so you know, beat them at Celtic Park with a. Our chain Celtic side, they, they were there to try and get top of the group. They never managed that. We beat them free to and we ran them very close in our own backyard in the very early stages mm-hmm. of Ange Postacoglu's tenure. So, yeah, and again, you know, I've seen other teams in European football, like FC Sheriff, completely different situations for us in terms of the money pumped into them, get the results. So, there's no reason why we can't be one of those fairy tale journeys. And the Champions League but again it's just nice to to see those names you know I, I think I keep going back to it we've not heard Champions League music at Celtic Park since December 2017 against uh, Anderlecht I think we lost that game 1-0 if you remember right obviously we'd won 3-0 over there mm-hmm. um, top top performance under Brendan Rodgers probably one of his highlights Probably Celtic one of in the Cham's,
3: in Cham's best games over yeah. there, I think. Yeah, yeah
4: absolutely. Um, so, again, it's just about looking at this and seeing how we do and how we strengthen. Um, but it's good to be back there. It's going to be nice to hear that music once again. And um, it'll be tasty to see whoever busy do get in the competition because, you know, we've earned it and Ange Postacoglu's Celtic in the Champions League for me. Paul just has the right ring to it. And it's a sentence that should go together.
3: Oh, you're, you're right. And, again, he's He's always, you know, reinforcing this message that he approaches every game the same way, and he focuses on the, and analyzes the previous game the same way. And I think that if we were to go in, there's one thing about Andy would have no fear. Now, there's a wee bit of a concern with that because we've had a similar kind of approach from Brendan Rodgers, and we've been, you know, on the end of some absolute patience and you don't want that. No. But there's something a bit different actually about Andy's approach, and and I think that uh, when when you look at the the uh, performances since the last time we were in the Champions League, there's a few moments under hands last season, like you say, where you think, looking back, that was a tremendous result. And a couple, not to take any uh, credit away from last season, there was a couple last season. Remember, and and you're coming up against sides who do particularly well uh, domestically, and, and we were, you know, we were beating them and, and giving them good games. We were two nothing up against AC Milan in the San Siro. Yeah. Bizarrely, that was a bizarre night, and obviously yeah, night. we, we uh, ended up getting uh, beat four two. But going into these games, I think that that's what the fa- that's what the Celtic fans live for. I think that it's what An Sports to all about. And I'm just looking forward to the usual X Factor sob stories about somebody coming over from the other end of the world that needs a ticket because that's all you see on social media. Eh?
4: yeah um, I see somebody in the comments saying the old disco lights will definitely get the, the cobwebs wiped off them and get their real run out so it's eventually happened but listen I think we've had quite good use of those disco lights uh, ever since then and obviously anybody that's got one iota about structures of football stadiums know that the lights at Celtic Park had to be renewed for the, the, the venue to, to get that tickets that's why we had a, a rugby final at it only a few years back as well so yeah, hey, not just there for the disco, but I'm sure it will be part of the time in the Champions League and it's going to certainly be part of the and um, this month when we get that title over the line. But one of the points coming in here um, from SPB is that he thinks Champions League is about gaining experience year in, year out and then progressing. Um, to, to touch on that, Paul, to me at this point in time, I think it's important that Celtic are one in the Champions League. That's going to be the case. Two, that we get the riches of the Champions League, which is you know, how we can inject one in our squad. Then it's about kind of just getting our level in European football, which I think since, you know, Dermot Desmond's time at Celtic, um, I see that he was at the game on Sunday. I think that might be one of the first times he's been back and probably a couple of years, certainly not. You know, with COVID and stuff, I don't think he was a regular attendee duty, you not know, just travel restrictions or whatever else. Um, ever since then, you know, Martin Hill's side you could probably say their definition was in the UEFA Cup getting to that final. Mm. obviously, you know, did well in the Champions League in the first season but were unlucky. Um that iconic interview, Baby Martin after the game in, in UV if you remember it right. Outrageous, outrageous. Um then Gordon came in again, Champions League side under Gordon. Tony, um, for his season Europa League side of New the first time around Champions League side back to Ronnie but became a Europa League side under Brendan, you know two Champions League campaigns one Europa League campaign and and under Neil in the second time in Europa League side to me that kind of shows an inconsistency A Celtic yeah. in European football to me it's about finding our level in European football and getting to a good stage and progressing to a good stage um, it's you know 2004 we'd be bang on about it so much Barcelona is the, the, the last time we won a, a knockout tie after Christmas in any European competition I would just like Celtic to, to find a level here Paul and kick on from that level and I think you know, our aim possibly should be to finish third in the, the group if we can of the Champions League that means probably beating whoever you're getting and pot three home and away or, you know at least beating them once you get a draw mm-hmm. and um, try to kick on from there what's your thoughts on that one about finding their level in European football?
3: You've got to be realistic. And I think you have been looking at that, Declan. You, you might have one of these occasional incredible results against one of the big guns, but you tend to look at pot three and say, well, how can we how can we negotiate that particular set of fixtures? And if you're realistic about it, and um, we start to find that consistency, Declan, because that's what's been missing. It's been so patchy. Um, and I remember when... You know, five years ago when a Celtic state of mind started, Kevin and Graham and I used to have that conversation all the time where I would say we're a Champions League team and he would say we're not. And then gradually we're a Europa League team. And then last season we weren't even that. You know, so I think that we need to get the consistency and we can't just settle for second or third best where are we then as a Champions League team and, and I think that at this moment in time realistically that's what we'll be aiming for but I've said this a few times I would love to keep a side together for three or four years and I mean the the core group of players that we have plus the gaffer and I don't think we've had that Declan, I don't think we'll be able to develop as the, the commenter said earlier, I don't think we'll be able to use the experience to develop a core group of players because the star players generally are sold on for massive profits. And I think, well, what do, why do we need both both massive profits for players plus Champions League money? And I know that with the experience comes, um, you know, more ambition from the individuals to move on and, and to, to better themselves. And it's a very difficult balance. But I would love to see that, you know, this Ange team to to stay together uh, and to improve over a period of three years. And then your expectations get get bigger. Uh, you know, and then you, it doesn't sound as wild to say that you want better than finishing third in your group, but uh, it takes time, and, and I'm not getting ahead of myself. And uh, you know, it's the first time really um, that that Ange has played at that level. You know, Champions League group stages. But I think he's that kind of gaffer who he's a quick learner. He adapts very quickly. We've seen that coming into Scottish football. Seen a few pitfalls. People say he didn't adapt. I think he has adapted. He has adapted, and and we've got stronger as a result of that as well.
4: Yeah, I also liked, you know, I watched a cutback with Peter Martin and Martin O'Neill. Martin O'Neill was talking about, you know, he liked it when he came in, you know, bad results at first. But, you know, he knew that it was going to click eventually and it did click eventually. That's why we're on this absolutely massive run of unbeaten games in the league, um, which I think's up to 33-34 at this point in time. It's a really, really good run. Um, at League games, um, it's absolutely phenomenal um, that we're at this stage... It can't be 33, 34, I mean, that's what I've actually played in the league, so I'm talking rubbish on that one, but it must be. It's definitely, you know, 28 or something, uh, round about that level. I'm just saying numbers off the top of my head now, because... Someone will correct you, Declan. The, um, I think it was domestic games that were at about 33, mm. so obviously that was including the League Cup and the Scottish Cup, that was up until the point of the, the semi-final, but if somebody can remind me how many games we were unbeaten in the, the, the league, that would be great. But, you know, it's again, it's a good conversation that we're having, about Celtic, the Champions, the European football. And again, Paul, you know, after Brendan's first season, um, winning the treble, I think that's a point that's good to go back to. We we'll headed into Champions League the, the next year. Um, and, you know, we, we took, I think it was a Astana that we put out in the playoff, and at the group of Bayern Munich, Anderlecht. And who was the third team in that group? I think PSG of course um, really really tough group and we added all but you know probably Olivier and Cham I think was the, the, the main sign obviously Johnny Hayes and etc came in but you know we didn't add too much into that group whereas I think at this point in time Paul we're going to be adding a lot more than maybe one 4 million midfielder
3: Well the thing for me at that stage is that you go right back to that comment that was made just a few moments ago, and it's about progressing year on year. And there, there is this, I think, a reluctance almost by the, the Celtic board to to actually uh, provide the manager with what he needs to progress. We needed a massive overhaul this campaign, and Ange got what he needed. And even then, he's probably overperformed He's probably punched to a level that um, very few of us expected. But now now is the critical part because I think that you you get that momentum of the first season that we had under Brendan Rodgers. You look at the signings going into season two and they're a wee bit underwhelming, um, Declan. And I think that that's because that there's a point and you've seen it in the attitudes of AGMs, etc. cetera, chairman talking about, well, we can't compete in the Champions League, and my biggest concern is that they're only there for the money at times. I mean, you've you've heard Ian Bankier talking about the fact that we just can't compete, and you're sitting there as a football fan thinking, "Well, what's the point of being there? Is it just for the money? Be- you know, because you don't want to be embarrassed uh, by some of the bigger guns, but if you go in having not performed um, in the transfer market, then the chances are you will be embarrassed." And I think that. Very, very quickly, Brennan Rogers realised that the ambition of the board didn't match his ambition when it came to that that stage. And he didn't perform. And I'm not just blaming the board because I think there was there were quite a few occasions where Brennan himself, his approach was wrong going into the game, Stecklin, where it was like, you know, we're, we're not going to change our approach, gung-ho, and we were embarrassed uh, several times. But yeah. I think that that... You know, it's a niggle because we've seen it before, we've been in this movie before. It's a wee niggling uh, concern in the back of my mind, and hopefully, we've learned our lesson and we back Ange so that we don't have a repeat of that in season two on under Ange Bosticoglu.
4: Yeah, and uh, you know, for the last 15 minutes, that term back Ange, last night we, we, we had read the news that, that Mark Lowell would be uh, coming to Celtic, apparently. Um, his CV is a very strong one, uh, you know, within that statement, Paul. It does say that Mark's worked with Ange Postecoglou before, I think at Yokohama, especially, to recruit players. Um, I think Mark Lawwell was probably integral to Ange Postecoglou coming to Celtic in the first place. Um, as I say, his CV is a strong one. To me, this is a good appointment and one that, that takes us forward, you know, last season we didn't have anybody in that recruitment partly re- recruitment department that you probably trusted I know that the surname's going to put people off and whatnot, but um, to me, this is a good appointment. And I, you know, as long as it gets Angie's seal of approval, then I'm absolutely delighted with it. And I think it has got Angie's seal of approval.
3: That's massive to me, Declan, because whenever there's going to be news like this, uh, and I think, you know, we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group, the way it was broken, whereby it was at a particular time on a Monday night I don't think it was tweeted out maybe it has since been tweeted out it was a statement on the website and then you get the reaction to that and I can understand the reaction I absolutely can because people think you know we're going back to um, the influence of Peter Lowell even though it's obviously not Peter Lowell's doing here Um, and when you hear Ange coming out and speaking him up that's what fills me with confidence and I'm always kind of careful um, to jump the gun on these things as well so I've I've read quite a lot of negativity around it Mm -hmm. um, but if Ange comes out at this moment of time I think he's got enough credit in the bank for us to trust him so I'm I'm going to trust Ange on this one I do have a firm belief that um, Peter Lawwell will be part of Celtic in a a position in the future um, in an influential position he may already be influential behind the scenes but You know, I do think that that will eventually happen. Um, Perhaps the chairman. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Declan. But in terms of uh, Matt Lowell's record, if Ange speaks highly of it and he's happy to work with them, then I'm happy. I mean, I know it's kind of different, but Ange Porsocoglu came in and said, I'm not bringing my staff. I'm going to work with the staff and then I'm going to review whether or not I can work with these guys. And it got to the point where he was happy with it. How often do we talk about Strachan and Kennedy now? We don't, right? Because Ange has basically put them in the shadows and said, you know, they're doing their job. I'm happy with them, and we move on, and we've been a success as a result of it. And I think it also just shows you the the strength of the job and the strength of the position that Ange is in um, that he can he can come out and say this. And I don't think it's one of these ones where it's contrived just to appease the fans, because I don't think Ange would buy that you know, if he said the words and he's been quoted mm-hmm. at this moment in time, good enough for me.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's really important. And again, you know, he touched on some of the comments. He said, Mark is someone who I worked closely with throughout my four years at Meridos, though um, through which time we developed great trust and an excellent working relationship. He knows the way I like to work, the way my teams play and the particular player profile, which that requires. Um, and obviously, you know, I've spoken on here about Angie's relationship with Frank Tripoli, again, who's got a guy who's got tremendous links to the City group and everything around that. Um, If Mark was one of those key players in bringing Angie to Celtic, then to me it's a no-brainer to bring him on board. And again, it puts us in a good place going forward for recruitment. That indicates to me, Paul, at this point in time in early May, we're looking towards that summer transfer window. We've got our eyes set on players and targets. And um, Mark Lowell knowing how and supposed to goggle works is vitally important. You know, if we go back to Congertons and um who was the other guy that we had in as head of recruitment? His name escapes me. So yeah. Um Congerton came with with Lennon, I think, but obviously that I think that came well after you know, Lennon's appointment. Who who was it Rogers had in? Do you remember his name? I can't remember his name. Some on it to tell us in the Airbrushed. It's been airbrushed. Yeah, yeah, but again, you know We've probably going back to him where you've actually brought, I think, Brendan, that was definitely his appointment. Mm-hmm. I think he's actually done a pretty decent job at this point in time, but his track record at Celtic for a lot of people is not one that, um, that flatters. Um, but again, as I say, I think Mark Lobel's appointment at Celtic is a good one. And I hope he brings success to Celtic and players that are going to our ourselves a football and make us a successful football team. Um, because that's what all of us want.
3: It is, and, but it's interesting that, that you went back to that period in, in Brennan Rogers' and I'm not comparing Ange with Brennan, completely different gaffers, right? But it's interesting that we look at the end of season one and how Celtic, you know, um, reinforced what Brennan had already built in that first season. And then you look at what were they doing? Were they just trying to stay on top domestically? Probably. When you look at the signings, Declan. Um, and then what you get is the knock-on of that is that we perform poorly in the Champions League. You're talking about Champions League uh, music. It's the last time we heard it, isn't it? T- 2017. So then you look at... Yeah, there's the man. Should have known I'm that. Meant. Thank Tom you, Kier, um, And then you think about where we are right now and not repeating that mistake. Uh, and that's absolutely key. But... I'm not going to say Ange wouldn't allow that to happen because Brennan Rogers was a strong character, strong-willed um, in his execution and uh, very, very ambitious. So it, it is difficult uh, for the gaffer, but I think that so far Ange has proven that um, when it comes to player recruitment, he, he has got the profile of player that he wants, but also the characters that he wants. And that, mm. that's important as well because Joe Hart, I was up at the park yesterday, Joe Hart was outside the Superstore. Not... Because he was meant to be there, and he's spending time with the, the, all the young kids going up for his autograph and selfies. And yes, I was tempted to get one myself, Declan, but I didn't. Um, but it's a measure, right up there. I know. Well, you've probably got a, you've got a photo album full of them already, I'm sure. But these characters fit in to what we see as being the Celtic way. You know, we can't be this club. In many ways, we've, we've got to be a modern club, but we can't be this modern club where. Players are untouchable. There, there's there's such um, celebrity status these days, Declan. Where they jump off the coach, earphones on, ignore the fans, get in. Celtic can't be that club, and and to see that as a tiny example. But Joe Hart has proven a lot of people wrong who didn't think he had that in his locker. The, you know the character and the, the humility. Um, it's maybe the it's maybe the result of some of the disappointments he's had later in his career. But I think you can also see the same of the decision to bring in the likes of Carter, Vickers, and Jota, because there's two players that undoubtedly talented, but they probably needed a move like the move they've had to Celtic. Mm. You know, uh, Carter Vickers was nomadic; seventh loan deal could have been the seventh of ten or twelve, but Celtic knew that here's a player who needs a home, here's a player who needs to be part of something that we're actually building, not just a stepping stone for a season to get him game time so he can go back to Spurs. Um, and I think Jot is the same. He's at that point in his career where he, he probably needed to move to Celtic. So I love the fact that they've got to fit a profile in terms of the stats and the data, Declan, but Ange also places plays a huge onus on the character of the player that he's bringing in as well. That's important. Yeah.
4: Yeah, and we got that from that Paddy Roberts interview, um, Mm -hmm. where he clearly says that, you know, again, you touched on it earlier, Paul. All these players that have played for Celtic, that link comes, but, you know, it was revealed that he did speak to Paddy Roberts and he just didn't think his, you know, his personality and just the way he was suited to his style of football. And you can see that, you know, I think this Celtic group they've got just now is a really likeable group of guys Mm -hmm. that's in there that's doing a really good job. You know, there's not one that you probably. Look at it and say I'm not too keen on him or anything. Um, it's a really likable group of guys that, you know, I think. And meeting some of them are really likable characters, and even speaking to them in press conferences. And um, Carol Starfield, I spoke to just spoke when he arrived in Scotland, um, yeah. and you know, really, really strong press conference. And the question I'd asked him about that day was, you know, about again, it's, it's are quick to to forget. A lot of these guys actually arrived in Scotland under tight. COVID measures, he went into a strict isolation and I was asking him, you know, about that and um, he was telling me about the time he'd been on a bike and all that in his hotel room. So a lot of these guys arrived in Scotland not in the best environment. Just like the season previous, you know, guys like Barkas and the Yeti didn't arrive in a you know a good environment, a good point. Um but you know they've all settled in really, really well and I think that's testament to, to the manager and them as individuals too.
3: Yeah, and you know when you're talking about the personalities and the way that um, they engage with fans uh, not I don't mean fan media but with the fans like what I saw yesterday with Joe Hart um, you, you just compare that to last season I know last season in itself but I'm talking about the group of players and the want away players that mm. you know were referred to by Neil Lennon so I'm not talking about them not integrating with the fans on this occasion what I mean is guys that didn't want to beat the club guys that didn't care about the history and, and the fans and all that kind of stuff near the end of their time there. And it's important that we don't have that element, to my knowledge. Uh, we don't have that element. We knew about it last year because Neil Lennon mentioned it in one of his press conferences after the Ferenc Varros game. There's guys in that dressing room who don't want to be here. And as a football fan, that's the last thing you want to hear, Declan. Because, you know, it means everything to you to play for that football club and support that football club. And when you hear somebody who's in that privileged position who couldn't care less, it's the worst thing. And then you start concerning yourself with, you know, there was a group of players under Ronnie Diler who didn't buy into his philosophy. Mm -hmm. And you're right, we don't have that. We simply do not have that under Ange. And that's massive. That's a huge reason, I think, for that uh, unity within the dressing room.
4: Yeah, and I, you know, I think by to, to Mark Lowell, you know, it's about having a good unity for the manager too with the boardroom upstairs, and if he can come in and be that gap that's there, you know, I've mentioned Frank Trimbley and and stuff like that. You know, I think Mark Lowell even took in the final game at the Celtic Park, whether he's been working in the background and, and talking to to Andy and Frank and all those other guys. Um, this one makes you know it's a no-brainer for me. it's a, it's a good appointment, and again, it's an improvement on a department of the football club that needed improved on and I think again that's important going forward here and just touched on that Paul that you know I think a lot is questioned that when Brendan left the club so many staff departed with Brendan Rodgers um, and most notably even last season Jack Naylor left and we've brought in um, a new head of um, conditioning and sports science uh, in that department and again it's important that we get these areas right because that all feeds into modern football and it all feeds into being a successful football club. And if you have all your areas um, that are important in the football department at their very best, it makes for a good side on the park too.
3: I just think it's been gradual as well, Declan, so there's been no knee-jerk and it's not as though Ange came with his busload of 17 um, staff, you know. It, it's been gradual, so Anton McElhone comes in, um, we, we go on about, we need a head of recruitment. Well, we've got one. So you know that's another that's another gap that's been filled. So you, the way I look at it is, it's, it's taken less kind of pressure off Ange and allowing Ange to to you know concentrate on the day to day running of his football football players, making sure that they're ready mentally, physically, um, to perform each and every one of their tasks. So for me, I seen the I seen the reaction. Probably understandable because of where we've been, and and you know a lot of it will be judging uh, Lowell on his surname, but you know if it's good enough for Ange at this stage, I am happy with that.
4: Yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Um And again, I think as you say, Paul, and just got enough in the bank for us to trust him on that—that that he's you know sealed the deal with the appointment, and it's a guy that he wants in at the, the football club. Um, yeah, thanks for everybody for their for comments. As always, if you have watched the video, please do like it. If you haven't already done so, please do subscribe to the channel. We'll be back all weekend. Hopefully, it's again tomorrow, as fast news day as this. Um, it's been good that we've had plenty to talk about. You know, I think yesterday, uh, probably looking at this when I was doing my notes, thinking, well, we'll just talk about the, the Derby game, look back at the play of the year awards. We've not even really got onto that because there's been so much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Out with that... Um, hopefully we do see Jota um, you know, extend his lease and his property in Glasgow um, due to the fact to hopefully be a permanent player for us here um, and you know that Mark Lowell signs us a few decent quality players it makes us an even better side going forward next year so thanks everybody for joining us on the comments Paul it's been good catching up with you um, I hope everybody has a good week and by this time next week I think we'll hopefully be one step closer to being the Champions of Scotland for the 52nd time thank you for watching Bye. Wow.
1: Sport social podcast network. Sports 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 social podcast network.